following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Mm. Uh, uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not getting visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Daddy, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. I think Jack is a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on one second here. The Jackal. Can you imagine how different this world would be if we never had one man born, one Nikola Tesla? I want you to think about that for the next hour. But just put that in the back of your mind for now. Nikola Tesla, who was he? What did he give to society? A lot more than you think. We're going to talk to uh, a great friend and a wonderful guest who knows more about Tesla than uh, any human being should ever know. His name is Tim Schwartz. But guys, this is Inside the Jackal's Head, back live on PSN Radio. Welcome all. Now, PSN Radio, of course, has been the home to this show from day one, folks. That's www.psn-radio.com. It's uh, September 22nd, 2019, 10 p.m. Eastern. Just a little bit over. Tonight, uh, like I said, we're going to cover some uh, really interesting stuff during the second hour with uh, our guest, Tim Schwartz. Uh, But, uh, you know, during the first hour, we go over our news and also uh, talk about uh, other things that we have uh, coming up. I do apologize. Uh, We're supposed to be on uh, uh, for the last few weeks. Uh, Unfortunately, I had to uh, cancel a couple of shows uh, due to, uh, not not that kind of due to, relax, Uh, due to uh, several different factors. Um, Let's see, we had a hurricane that hit us, kind of, but that that actually caused the rescheduling of our guest tonight, uh, Tim Schwartz, and it worked out perfectly because we had nobody for this weekend. I was like, you know, uh, we could move you. September 22nd works perfect, Mr. Schwartz. And he said, okay. He was very cool, man. I love Tim Schwartz. Uh, and uh, every time uh, you know, I think about Tim, for whatever reason, I, I, I just have to. I think of the movie Spaceballs. I mean, let's be honest. No. But, you know, he is, uh, the, the Schwartz is definitely strong with him. And, uh, like I said, he knows a lot about Tesla. And I can't wait to uh, talk to him. We, we actually have not been on a show together for a, a long time, me and uh, Tim. And uh, I don't know if, if any of the listeners remember, he's no stranger to PSN and to uh, myself. He once held down Unraveling the Secrets and Outer Edge Radio with the uh, legendary, in his own mind, but sometimes on radio also, Mr. Mike Mott. Just kidding, Mike. He's uh, another good friend. And he's actually, he actually he's going to be on the show here uh, pretty soon as a guest. And uh, 
We're going to talk to him and see what he's been up to. But they held on that uh, that show after Dennis and uh, Rick Osmond left and uh, Dennis Crenshaw uh, left the show. And, uh, you know, they wanted to keep unraveling the secrets going because they uh, had replaced one with the other and then the other replaced the other with the other and then the other left. And eventually there was, like, all brand-new hosts and then that show kind of, like, uh, went on a permanent hiatus. That you know this, the, you know these things happen. Sometimes you have a good show, and the hosts need to move on. And uh, for some, uh, you know, it's personal reasons. Others are health reasons. In fact, I want to give a special uh, shout outs to uh, my good friend uh, for ten years now. Wow, a decade! I've known this man, and uh, he's. Uh, having a surgery, or just had surgery this past week, I should say. Dennis Crenshaw is in the way uh, to recovery. He had a little heart condition, and we're pulling for you, Dennis. We love Dennis, and, uh, uh, you know, he's been in my prayers. I've been trying to get a hold of him since I found out. I spoke to him right before the surgery, and uh, it's been hard to get a hold of Dennis over the last couple of years. He's, uh, I joke with him and tell him, you know, you're harder to get a hold of than the president. And he doesn't believe me. But, dude, it is hard to get a hold of. I'm not even playing. And uh, he uh, informed me that he was going to have surgery and told me all about it. I don't want to get too personal out of respect uh, for what he uh, is going through. But uh, we don't. We, we, I want to say that I do uh, care uh, about his status, so I want him to uh, know that we're trying to get a hold of him, if he's listening to this at all, in podcast, because he tends to do that. Sometimes he calls me up, and he's like, hey, uh, Jackal, I heard uh, this one episode and, uh, you were talking about. If you remember the way Dennis talks, he has a southern accent, which I, I, with my thyroidism, I can't really mimic too well without losing my voice, but it was something, something like that. A little bit clearer, I think, uh, than what I just, uh, did there, but, uh, uh, he would, uh, you know, disappear for a long time, which, that's Dennis. Hopefully everything is okay. I know, you know, heart surgery is something that, uh, it's not easy to, uh, you know, overcome and, uh, you know, start Skyping and calling and talking to people. You know, you want to rest, relax, and, uh, you know, like I said, we wish him the, uh, nothing but the best and speedy recovery to our good friend, Dennis Crenshaw from Unraveling the Secrets. But Tim, uh, spent, uh, you know, like I was going, uh, gonna say, going back to Tim Schwartz, he spent time on, uh, on Unraveling the Secrets. Out Red Radio, and then somehow uh, he left us, and uh, he became a co-host on another show on another network. We're gonna name drop that later when uh, he's ready to come on. Don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll give time slots when they're on and everything, uh, and I'll make sure that he names the network and how to, you can get the archives because it's very important. Uh, you know, he does have a great show. He's a a pro. And I, like I said, we love uh, Tim. And uh, let's see, I got some movie news. I saw Rambo, Last Blood, earlier, uh, actually, well, yesterday, not too early, but 
I finally got, I, it came out. It's uh, doing okay at theaters. The Rambo movies usually don't do as well as like Rocky and other Stallone movies, but uh, you know they're usually full of action and lots of blood and shooting and guns and everything the liberals hate basically. Because you know the if you listen to Estupido O'Rourke or Beetle or whatever they call this uh, crazy cat. Uh, he's going to take away our guns. But not if uh, John Rambo has anything to say about it, boy, let me tell you. The tunnel in this movie is, uh, and I'm talking about underground tunnel, that uh, I don't want to give spoilers away, but it's uh, pretty elaborate, pretty cool, and almost makes me want to make one really cool. Uh, John Rambo, I'm going to uh, talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes. Also, I got a, uh, the two small audio bites, not too uh, many uh, this week. Uh, both about, you know, President Trump. I got a couple of uh, you know, news clips uh, from today, actually. And uh, big things happening in Texas with uh, Mr. Trump and uh, Mr. Modi from India. I saw uh, the uh, video, the president spoke well, and then uh, they handed the mic, of course, uh, to Mr. Modi, and uh, that's where I was like, huh? What's he saying? Because I don't speak Indian. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Trump had a translator, which I just uh, haven't uh, been able to afford yet. You know, I don't want, like, one of those earpieces in Star Trek, you know, like, you know, some folks have... And uh, the future, you know, or, or in, like, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where it's like a little fish from outer space that you put in your ear, goes in there, and all of a sudden you can understand every language. Or in Star Trek, there's like a chip or some crap to put in your ear, and uh, you can understand every language. I don't, know the, I don't know the exact gist of it, but I don't want that. I want an actual, like, human translator. Like on the old SNL skit, like yelling to me, like, hey, he's saying this. And by the way, he has to have like a Brooklyn act, like Brooklyn accent, like, you know, New Yorker. Maybe Bostonian accent. Be kind of cool. Yeah, no, maybe. But I, I don't want like a piece of machinery. Like, we're, we're taking work away from people, y'all. Give it to the machines. Just give it back to the people, like Bain would say. Or President Trump, which is funny. I saw uh, some articles about that. Why is President Trump quoting Bain, who's a bad guy? Because he said something close to uh, The Dark Knight Rises, uh, where he, uh, Bain says... I'm giving uh, this back to you, the people. And uh, in one of the speeches, Trump said that uh, I'm close to that a few years ago. And uh, it was amusing. It was funny then. And I don't know, maybe he just saw the movie and he's like, you know, uh, this would be great in my speech. (laughs) Don't ever figure it out. And, man, let me tell you, this dude can't go to the bathroom without them figuring it out. But it's uh, starting to bite them in the uh, figuring it out back parts as uh, Joe Biden is in a little bit of hot water and uh, that's been all over the news. 
but uh, Joe Biden, huh? Man, what a disaster. His son is in hot water, and it's kind of funny because, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they want to throw the book at uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump and uh, Ivanka Trump. I want to throw something else at her. Uh, not too much uh, the news, but, uh, well. Do you think she suspects an attack? I don't know. Maybe from the back. But I, I, I do definitely want to throw something at uh, Ivanka. Man, she says she's a good-looking girl. And, uh, you know, it, it's so two-faced right now, the uh, the media. And I, and I hate to say liberal, and I hate to kind of, like, you know, call him out for being uh, fake news, because I, I think that's kind of, it's going to kind of overused, even though it's legit. <laughs> uh, let's be honest, uh, right now there is a lot of fake news going on, folks. I mean, that's, it's not even a secret anymore. These guys ain't even, like, joking around. Like, you watch CNN and it's all like, I can't take anything that they say uh, as being, uh, you know, legit. Because all they do is lie when, when you, like, compare what they're saying to what's actually going on. It's like... What? <laughs> Are you serious? Ah, I mean, it's it's sad. And uh, Trump, of course, you know, he's not letting off anybody. CNN, NBC, CBS, uh, MSNBC. The funny thing is, you know, of course, when he had his show, and, uh, you know, America, I remember, you know, we voted, the year fired guy, that's the guy we voted into office, so... I knew going in this was going to be a funny presidency, but I didn't expect all this. But remember when uh, he had his show, everybody in America sort of loved the guy. So I don't know, like, you know. That feels like an oversimplification. One, and not necessarily. I mean, he was very popular, okay? And uh, he was popular with a lot of uh, folks on both the right and the left. Yeah, yes, he was. And uh, he was uh, popular, uh, especially with rappers. Oh, my God, 50 Cent, all these dudes. The, I mean, how many songs came out during, like, a decade span where rappers were like, yeah, I want to be like Trump. Got $4 billion in the bank and a few dead bodies in the trunk. Wait, no, they didn't say that. They should have, though. Somebody should have put that in the rhyme. I'm telling you, that that would have been a hit. That would have been a banger. <laughs> well, maybe not. I'm saying. They want to be like Trump. Put the bodies in the trunk. Got billions and billions. Don't care if they make me the villain. I'm still beating Hillary. And that's just chilling. And I'm happy about that every day. Let me tell you, every day I wake up and I just thank the stars that she's not president. My goodness. That would have been, uh, if you think it, if you think you have a bad now, first of all, that's ridiculous. You're living in the greatest country in the planet. On the planet, in the planet, outside the uh, planet, whatever. 
God. Yeah. Uh, we're in the surface. Some, somehow we have an atmosphere and, uh... No, 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 we're not trying to get to war, even though we, we are getting a space force. Uh, but no, we live on the surface of a planet, and, uh, you know, every time I wake up, I just, I, I thank the Lord, wherever that might be, that Hillary is not the president. <laughs> thank God. Anyway, guys, uh, let's see, it's 925, and uh, I, I do want to get to a couple of things here. Uh, in the news, uh, especially some audio, like I said, from Mr. President number 45, Donald Trump. And uh, this is, uh, let's see, he called the media this week a disaster. And it's a short clip. I, you know, it's only about 35 seconds, but I want you to hear from his own voice. The, you know, and I'll tell you why he called the media a disaster this week. Check this out. It's another media disaster. The media has lost so much credibility in this country. Our media has become the laughingstock of the world. When you look at what they did to Justice Kavanaugh and so many other things last week, I think this is one of the worst weeks in the history of the fake news media. You have been wrong on so many things. And this one will be, I wouldn't say it will top the list, because I think you can't do worse than some of the stories you missed over the last week or two. But the media of, of our country is laughed at all over the world now. You're a joke. A joke, he says. We're, you know, the media is laughed at. Well, I've seen some reports, and uh, he's not kidding. Uh, the media is laughed at. And I have to agree, the media has become a joke all over the world. I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about uh, a news media breakdown, and it, it's not just one it's, uh, like I said earlier, it's NBC, W, uh, it's, uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, you know, you know the, the, the codes, ABC, NBC, CBS, CBS, see bullshit, CBS, now if you, uh, don't believe me, you know, go down the pipeline, every one of these are, uh, owned, operated, by uh, liberals, leftists, and uh, you know I voted liberal for a long time. I voted Democrat. I was a registered Democrat, and I I left the party because I saw the crazies, man. And I was like, you know what? I'm a little out there, but I'm not crazy. No, I didn't go and join the Republican side. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm. Kind of like the new Jedi's, uh, or, or the new Star Wars, the great Jedi's, when they're like, you know, you had the left and the right, and now you have the middle. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm in the middle, and, uh, you know, both, uh, the, the right and the left are a little bit nutty at this point, but the left has really lost it, and the news media really is just, uh, going bananas. This Kavanaugh thing and uh, the way they cover uh, the president is just insane. You have nasty Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer or Schumer or whatever, uh, the fraud squad, everybody moving to try to impeach the president. This is what makes me laugh, this whole uh, left impeachment. They're essentially, and uh, just so we understand what's going on here, 
they created a hoax based on false information, lies, a fake steel dossier, uh, you know, paid for by Hillary in her campaign or whoever paid for it, but it was, it was Hillary Clinton uh, who uh, ended up paying, uh, the guy's name was Richard Steele, or Steele, the Steele Dossier, that's why it's called Dossier. And uh, of course, uh, we have uh, Obama, who knew all about this. And you have this nonsense, uh, it's all fake, it's a fraud, it's a hoax. And you have the president who is minding his own business, trying to get elected, gets elected. Uh, and this is what makes me laugh. He beats a woman who's trying to rig an election. Gets elected. And uh, instead of just conceding and moving on like they've done with every other president, the uh, left said, no, 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 we must investigate further. And it's been a three-year now investigation into nothing. And now they want to impeach him for being a victim of somebody else's crimes because he might have gotten mad at some point at somebody and said, what the hell's going on? Who can I fire to make this go away? Listen, you can't just completely ignore all the fraud and all the the crap that was done to this president in trying to impeach him when it's all based on lies and a hoax. And that's why I cannot wait for the uh, William Barr investigation to conclude, see who else gets indicted. The FBI, everybody, I think it's going to uh, it's going to take it out. The uh, patootie. Is that even a word? What the hell did I come up with patootie? Anyway, they're going to take it up, the uh, the, the Beto O'Rourke. That's what they're going to take it up. The booty Jake. Booty guy. Booty, booty Jake. I like the way the president says, says it. He's like, his name is Booty Jake. Booty Jake. Booty Jake. Booty Jake. The funny thing is, uh, like, these are not like, the real names. These are all stage actors, guys. There's a report that came out that our, our favorite actor in the bunch, Cory Booker, or as I like to call him, uh, Cody Booger, he uh, might have to uh, drop out of the race. Uh, apparently, he needs to come up with a few million dollars just to stay in this thing, and he's not drawing enough numbers to stay active in the race. So, he might be gone by sometime this week coming up. And uh, if you know what's going on with uh, the left, if you know what's going on with the Democratic race, uh, yeah, he has no chance. Cody Booger? I mean, he looks like a giant booger. I still laugh every time I see uh, the, the audio clip of him trying to speak Spanish. I'm like, man, he failed. See, that's, I think, when, when he lost his chance to make a connection with the country was that moment because he came off as being so fake and phony. You know, especially when you have uh, Estubito O'Rourke over there and uh, he's, you know, laying it out in, like, almost 
understandable Spanish. And then you see the eyes of Cody Booger. And he's given like this evil eye. And it's quite funny. I mean, I've talked about it before. How every time I see that clip, sure enough, I'm going to laugh. It's it's just really, really amusing, amusing stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, the media keeps failing epically. And uh, nasty Nancy Pelosi wants to go ahead and impeach the president over something he didn't do. Good luck with that. I mean, you know, it's funny because Jerry Nadler was also involved in uh, the impeachment hearings for uh, Bill Clinton back in the day. And uh, Bill Clinton, of course, is a completely different case to what's going on here with President Trump. Now they're trying to dig up, of course, uh, the skeletons of Stormy Daniels and bring that back. Like, that is even relevant. Something that might have happened, or might have not, what, a decade ago? Like, I don't care if Trump had, you know, an affair 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Who gives a crap? He's not having one now. He's in the White House. Uh, there's been no allegations against him. He's been, you know, a, a perfect gentleman to, at least my knowledge. Bill Clinton was actually uh, getting head while in the White House, using his uh, Cuban cigars for more than smoking, uh, leaving his uh, DNA evidence all over dresses, and then going on TV saying, I had no sexual relations with that woman. I don't even know what a blowjob is, and uh, I will never inhale. And we found out all that crap was a lie. In fact, he famously told Arsenio Hall once, I think, I think it was Arsenio, uh, they asked him if he would ever uh, kind of reiterate uh, on the whole smoking marijuana. And he said, uh, they asked him, would you just say you inhaled if you asked that question again? Because that became a big deal at first. And he's like, yeah, uh, I would just say I smoked it. And, and, and he, of course, back then he had a big applause. Now people would have been like, yeah, motherfucker, we know. We, we all know that you smoked that. You don't got to tell the world. I mean, that's uh, less of a secret than aliens. Come on now. Bubba. But Bubba's actually uh, getting head in the White House. And then he had to openly admit that he was banging Monica Lewinsky, which was an intern. So, and she was an intern. I don't even know if she got paid to be in the White House. See, that would be the worst part about the whole thing, is if she got, you know, banged by the president, maybe forced into it. And out of shame, she didn't say anything, but she kept that dress in case uh, she ever needed it for a scandal or something. Wink, wink. And uh, that became what it was. You know, we all know the history. I don't have to cover what happened. Uh, but I always wondered, because she wasn't getting paid, I think. You know, interns normally don't get paid. You're an intern. You know, you're kind of, uh, your payment is the job. You're going to learn while you're at work. So she might have been, you know, she might have been getting the rough treatment from the president by the back with the cigar and not even making a dime for it. That's some sad ish little shit. And uh of 
course, I think uh, ever since then she's made a pretty penny or two, and she's covered her rear, and she's doing okay. You know, these days she's not doing too bad. Uh, but, of course, uh, Trump was in Texas, and he met with Modi of India, and uh, this is how this went down. This is a uh, 57-second uh, clip. Check this uh, piece of audio, and uh, we'll be uh, discussing what happened there now. I am so thrilled to be here in the great state of Texas with one of America's greatest, most devoted, and most loyal friends, Prime Minister Modi of India. Thank you. Thank you. And Prime Minister Modi is doing a truly exceptional job for India and for all of the Indian people. It is my immense privilege to be here with him today at this profoundly historic event. We're especially grateful to be joined by over 50,000 incredible members of our nation's thriving, prospering, flourishing, and hardworking Indian American community. Thank you. That's right, folks. And uh, that uh, was a very long speech. It was live in Texas. And, of course, the president is campaigning hard for his reelection in 2020. And, my goodness, if we don't want to, if you don't want to lose the country, hey, you better go and uh, get ready for reelection. It's going to be a good one. Uh, and, uh, let me tell you, it's been a rough three years uh, with Democrats, and, and they've done nothing to prosper or uh, move forward. It's been, uh, like the president said, a disaster week, but it's been a disastrous three years for them over on the left. Hopefully they can get their act together, and uh, I think the president's going to win in a landslide. But what happened down in Texas uh, with uh, Prime Minister Modi of India was a great thing. They're a great ally to this country, and uh, you know we, you know, we've seen this over and over again. Where uh, President Trump was even quoted for being the uh, president who wrote the Art of the Deal by Mr. Modi. Now he, you know, gave a speech in Indian, and uh, and in, 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 I didn't understand. It, I'm going to be honest, what he was saying for the most part. But I did understand a few words like Trump out of the deal. He actually, you know, the way he said it, I understood it clearly. The rest of us, you know, I have no idea. Uh, but that part I understood, and uh, it was, uh, you know, a great uh, piece of video seeing him and Trump holding hands. That was cool. Uh, Trump has been great so far, anyway. Let's be honest, three years in, so far, no nuclear war, right? Everybody thought we would be at war with every part of the country, of the world now, every continent, and so far, so good. And we're, you know, they're respecting this country again, and I have my mega hat on when I go outside in public now, and I wear it with pride. And if somebody one day uh, tries to beat me up, I'm going to record that sucker, put it on YouTube. Hopefully it goes viral, and uh, I make uh, a few bucks out of it. That'd be kind of cool. So far, no, nobody's messed with me, though, which I think has more to do with, uh, like, my height and size. I'm a big dude. I'm six foot tall, and, 
you know, I'm up there in scale, and I, th- you know, it, it's different than when you see like a five foot four uh, little white guy wearing a mega hat. Those are easy targets. Uh, I don't think they want to target me for any uh, abuse. Uh, come see me with my mega hat on. And that try to knock it off my head. See what happens. Uh, of course, I haven't gone to any uh, rallies uh, yet. I will be uh, checking some out in uh, my uh, possible uh, rolling RV coming up. And I've got uh, some news actually about uh, next month. Uh, there's uh, an event in Dallas, Alien Con, and uh, me and uh, my good buddy, of course. Alan Weiler, and you know him as the other guy from Skywatchers Radio, are talking about heading out there for Alien Con and uh, possibly recording some videos, maybe doing some remote, possibly getting a table. I've, I've been trying to get in contact with the folks about a table and see how that goes. Uh, so there's going to be more news on that in the next uh, couple of shows. And that's going to be exciting because uh, Alien Con is a, a you know cool place for Skywatchers to return, and uh, that's going to be a video format with the other guy and myself and maybe some other buddies who are going to be down there. Alien Con uh, in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, it's the uh, first week of uh, of October. That's going to be interesting. I'm going to see how I manage that. Not too sure how that's going to work out, but uh, let's see. I'm getting uh, some messages on Facebook. I'll address that. Shout out to my boy Harold, who uh, is from somebody. He's going to go see Bone on Saturday. He's a Bone Thugs fan. If you don't know who that is, uh, legendary rap group, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And uh, Harold is going to go see them. Shout out to Harold and Bone Thugs and Harmony. We've actually uh, done interviews with uh, Bone before. And if you go to my website, which I haven't plugged yet tonight, angelespino.com, that's my name, Angel Angel Espino, E-S-P-I-N-L, so it's my full name. That's right, I'm not some uh, just moniker hiding behind a computer. I'm just a jackal. You can't find me. No, I, I use my real name, angelespino.com, and uh, you can download my audio uh, sound bites, clips, shows, uh, podcasts, whatever. It's all there. And uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Harold uh, is a big Bone fan, Bone Thugs, and I've gone uh, over the years uh, to become a huge fan myself, thanks to him. We, we've seen him in concert. And I've uh, been lucky enough to interview a few of uh, the members of the crew, and, you know, and especially, especially a very cool dude named Finn C, who's been on the show a couple times uh, with myself. And when I had the uh, show with Out of Sight, uh, we interviewed Finn C, and uh, he's a, an amazing musician. If you guys don't know who he is, check him out on YouTube. I mean, he's more than a rapper, he's a singer, he's a, he's a musician, He's his family is has a, a rich musical background, his own kid is a musician, Thin, C-T-H-I-N, space C, the letter C, Thin C, check him out on YouTube, you guys are going to love him, he's on a very, uh, you know, big hit with, with Bone called Rebirth, uh, which I love, it's one of my favorite Bone tracks of the last decade 
And uh, me and then I have a scene of mine. I've had them on the show. Not the whole group, but we had Lazy Bone once on out of sight. And it was funny because we were interviewing Thin C and Lazy Bone was in the uh, room and he was hearing the interview. Total, this is totally unplanned. We just uh, talking to uh, Thin C, having a fantastic interview. And this is on YouTube, by the way, and it's on my website. And uh, we're just, you know, we're doing our interview. It's going really, really well. And uh, jumps uh, out of nowhere. He's like, hey, you guys want to talk to uh, Lazy Bone? Now, Lazy Bone is one of the core members of the group. There's Lazy Bone. There's Crazy Bone. There's uh, Busy Bone. Uh, there's Flesh and Bone. Uh, there's Wishbone. Maybe he's wishing bone. I don't know. And of course, uh, there's a lazy bone. And he's not really, it's funny because he's not lazy. The dude's always working on different music and different videos and producing. And he's probably the busiest of the bunch. And they call him lazy bone. So it's one of those reverse, uh, things. So reverse names. But, uh, he jumps on the line. He starts talking to us. And, we're, and I'm like, oh my God, it's lazy bone. Like, if you guys don't know, Bone Thugs go back to the early 90s. Uh, I'm talking about the, you know, Tupac, Biggie era, Easy e era, NWA era. In fact, they're the protégés of Easy e who, uh, you know, rest in peace, who's passed away in 1995. And uh, they were his uh, his protégés, basically, and a, you know, legendary group, as uh, legendary as... NWA or any other rap group from that era. Rap to me today, for the most part, is uh, garbage. Uh, but not Bone Thugs, man. When they come out with something, it's always, you know, legit. It's really good. Uh, I haven't heard, you know, bad music in, you know, in almost anything from solo uh, projects to group projects. I mean, they, they always put 100% beyond their music, so. Yeah, every album in every genre has filler songs here and there, but uh, they're uh, iconic and legendary for having just uh, some of the best albums out there. East 1999, uh, The Art of War, just came a couple. Resurrection, uh, it's another one. Uh, yeah, I'm a big, you know, uh, hip-hop fan, and I love uh, 90s hip-hop. I can't, I can't stand... A lot of uh, the new stuff now, and it's just not hip hop. It's just across the board music in general today. It's uh, for the most part is garbage. It's just beyond it. It's garbage, full of garbage, and uh, it's just it, it's not for me. Uh, a lot of it. So that's it's funny that I do talk radio now, and or, or I, I try to do talk radio. I I aims to try. I try to aim. And sometimes I miss, but that's because, you know, I got, anyway, messed up uh, prostate, but that's a different story, guys, different story altogether. But, uh, you know, I try, and I try hard, and, uh, you, you know, I, but music is, eh, movies are just, eh, but I'll tell you what, I caught Rambo, and I want to go back to this, because I do have a couple of entertainment news bits that I want to get to before the end of the hour, and we move on and go to break, and then we bring on our guest tonight, Mr. Tim Schwartz, and we're going to talk again about, no, not the Schwartz, we're going to talk about 
Tesla. But uh, I got uh, the movie Rambo Last Blood. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to give a quick review of the movie. It's not the best of the Rambo series. If you're like me and you love Rambo 1, 2, and 3, and consider that to be, you know, three of the best action movies, not only from the 80s, but probably ever made, that's how I feel. Hate me if you want, send some hate mail this way, I don't care. I love those three movies, and I always will. Um, this is not better than the first three. Is it better than the last one, uh, John Rambo? Probably not. I mean, that, that movie was really, really violent, really good. Uh, but it was a little bit weaker on the story. This one had a little bit more story, a little bit more heart. The structure was, you know, different than we're used to for Rambo. Uh, it was more story-driven than I think uh, normal. And some folks are kind of looking at it and saying, wait, this is not the Rambo I, rem- I remember. Or this is not Rambo that sucks. The movie didn't suck. I enjoyed a lot of it. I thought it was a good progression to the character. I would hate to see this be the last Ram- you know, Rambo movie. Um, the way it ends, and I don't want to get into spoilers or tell you how it ends because I want the audience to see it. Uh, it's, it leaves it kind of open for a possible sequel, which I would like to see another one made to kind of have a trilogy of when he's younger and we have the 80s trilogy and then we have a second trilogy of Rambo when he's older and, uh, then maybe reboot it. And I actually have a, a nice idea of how they can do that. But then we have a movie here centered about, you know, several years after the last movie, he's back at the ranch. He's uh, kind of helped to raise for the last few years a, a, a girl whose father walked out on her. Her mom died in an accident. And uh, he's helping her uh, get raised with her grandmother who was help, uh, who was the help basically in the movie and in the movie and he kind of takes you know this granddaughter of this lady who's a maid can think about Schwarzenegger and the, the mother of his illegitimate son right uh, sort of like that but I don't think John Rambo was banging the maid uh, but she had a granddaughter and she moved in and uh, he helped for a few years to raise her she calls him Uncle John, you know, there's, you know, he really loves this girl like she was a daughter, and, um, so it's a little bit different side of Rambo that we're used to seeing from the previous movies, he's aged a little bit more than even the last movie, and it's not your straight action, like, you know, the, you know, movie, even though it has a lot of action in the beginning, but the middle act does go into a storyline, that deals with the girl, and uh, that's where a few folks, including including uh, a friend of mine uh, who uh, didn't like the middle act, he liked the beginning, thinks it's a nice setup, loved the ending, didn't like the middle, talking about my good friend Zod Ryder, and uh, I see why he would have issues with the middle part of the movie. Uh, there's, uh, some stuff in there that is very off the beat, 
uh, for a Rambo movie, but uh, the thing is, I personally looked at it and I could uh, understand the storyline, and believe it or not, I didn't have this experience with a parent, but the girl in the movie, she has a certain uh, scene with her father, which is, to me, it, it was hard to watch because it was reminiscing to something that uh, that happened to somebody that I know who is the half-sister of one of my nephews, or two of my, ne- my two nephews, not one, there's two of them, uh, two of those, anyway, uh, their half-sister went through something like this with her biological father, and when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, that's kind of messed up, because it reminded me of what she went through, and I can see how uh, certain things would happen, and the way the, the movie's set up, it, you know, it it deals with human trafficking, which, hey, that's in the news, guys, these things happen now, just to be clear, she wasn't taken away, my uh, nephew's half-sister wasn't humanly trafficked anywhere, she's perfectly fine, she has a life of her own, family and all that stuff, but something happened to her when she was young that was very similar to what happens in this movie, and uh, that, you know, made me connect to the storyline a little bit better than I think Zod Ryder did, and then uh, it does pay off when it gets into the action sequence at the third part or third act of the film. It's uh, not the, you know, the most original action, but there are very cool scenes in uh, what Rambo creates, which is a uh, a set of tunnels under his home, and uh, it's by all means worth paying for if you're a Rambo fan, and uh, like I said, I'm not going to give too much away because it's not uh, something I like doing, but I recommend it. I would say that it is the weakest of the bunch, so I would like for them to maybe make another one to kind of go all, like, just balls out. And uh, they better do it soon because it's the lonest on Lucas' age, and he's coming up there. So, yeah, you better do it very, very soon, uh, Mr. Sly, because I don't know how much uh, longer we can call you Sly without sliding over a walker or something to help you walk uh, because those steroids, man, let me tell you, eventually they're going to kick in uh, in uh, low gear and you're going to start losing the muscle and you're going to be just like the rest of us, uh, puny. And, uh, well, I don't know how long that's going to, how long I'm waiting for that because the dude's so huge, but he is looking his age. But again, I, I recommend that. Yeah, I, I would say it's about three out of five stars, which is modest. You know, I would probably give it like a seven or, or something out of ten. If we do uh, you know, one to ten. And uh, nowhere near as good as the original. The original is a masterpiece. I'll leave it at that. Guys, we're going to go and hit commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have... Our good friend Tim Schwartz uh, with us, and we're going to talk about Nikola Tesla. I can't wait to uh, to talk to this man. It's been a long, long time, long time coming. We'll be right back. 
All right, everybody. We're going to have our guest on, Tim Schwartz, in a, in a couple of seconds here. Before we have him on, I want to uh, just uh, let everybody know that we're going to have uh, an active couple months. So we have, uh, we're going to have Mac Maloney on with us on September 29th. We're going to have, be live with uh, Mindy Indy. On October 6th, and she's coming out of a convention, and I'm going to be coming out of, it, out of a convention. Two different conventions. We're going to be conventing ourselves out, and uh, they're both cons, and uh, we're going to be conned out, so it's going to be a hell of a con job. So please be there on October 6th uh, with us here. I should tell them to be remotely, probably out of Dallas, Texas, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, then October 13th, we have Joe Roop who's going to be on with us, and uh, he's a fantastic guest. You guys are going to love him. He's also, uh, he has his own show. And I've been on his show, which is an amazing thing. I always find it kind of awkward when I'm the guest on somebody else's podcast or a radio show or whatever, because I'm like, not the guy you want to interview. I'm the guy you just want to have there say and be like, I got a question for you, and then let you know the guy with the intelligence actually give the answer, and actually be the smart one. But uh, he's had me on his show, and God bless him, he's a great guy. So now we're gonna have him here inside the jackal's head, and hopefully that's a lot of fun. Dave Emmons is gonna be with us on October twentieth. We got also Mark Brinkerhoff is gonna talk about uh, his experiences, and you guys really don't want to miss that because it's going to be a fantastic couple months. And we've got Robert Morningstar. A lot of great guests are going to be on the show in the next few months uh, that are locked in. But tonight, folks, we're going to talk about Tesla. And joining me is none other than my good friend. And uh, not only to myself, but to the network, of course. He's a voice from the past, the one and only Mr. Tim Schwartz. And uh, Tim is... uh, from Indiana, he's a native of Indiana, he's an Emmy Award winning television producer, videographer, and an author, he's written books, something that I just, I can't see myself doing, because I can string a few sentences, but this man can write books, including The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, which is uh, the book that actually, you know, got me hooked him to wanting to, want to talk to this man from the very beginning, a long time ago, and uh, when he released this book, and I've known him for a long time now, and of course I went over the fact that he was a one-time host here on PSN Radio and Unraveling the Secrets, and uh, he's been with me on uh, many, many, many podcasts, uh, both on that show and Otter Edge, and now he's uh, doing his own thing, and you know, thank you so much for being with us. Tim, uh, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. It's been long overdue, but uh, it's a spooky place, and I'm just glad you're here to shed shed some light into uh, the life of Tesla. The amazing thing about the uh, my book lost journals of nikola tesla is that uh you know i originally started writing it around 1990 99 and it it came out in about uh, 2000 and it's gone through at least two maybe three i've lost count at this point updates uh, because you know i mean it's just amazing since that time all of the new stuff and the new interest that has come out uh about tesla uh, over the past uh, almost almost twenty years, and uh, and and you know the book has never uh, has never been out of print. I mean, you know, nineteen years, and uh, you know there are still people wanting copies and and interested in it, and and that really makes me happy because I mean, you know, when I first started writing it, 
Um, there really, I mean, there there was some interest in Tesla, but it was still pretty fringy. And uh, uh, you know, and, and and since that time, it's it's you know, well, as you well know, I mean, it's uh, Nikola Tesla has become a lot more mainstream. I mean, you know, you had the uh, the the band Tesla, and now you've got you know the whole company and the car, which I mean, really doesn't have that much to do <laughs> with Nikola well, Tesla himself. But I mean, only. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, the name lives on, and I think that a lot of people who who, you know, hear about the car Tesla, then, you know, becomes interested in where that name came from. And that's, you know, uh, there are that there's more fans, more, you know, people out there who are wanting to know about uh, about this fantastic, uh, fantastic guy. And just to let everybody know, and those who might not be aware of the history, uh, just about every technological advancement over, I would say, the last 50, 60 years, uh, one way or another, when it comes to electricity, you can kind of trace it back to the work Tesla did. He wasn't just a scientist with theories. He was a practical scientist who actually invented stuff. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what made him such, such a great inventor was that, I mean, you know, he would, I mean, he'd, he'd come up with these ideas and, uh, he would, uh, he'd work on them and, until they became uh, a reality. Uh, one of the, uh, amazing things about Tesla is that, you know, he, uh, say he became interested in, in something. And if, I think that if it actually was feasible, eventually he had this ability where he could, could uh, see whatever it was that he was wanting to invent or create. He could see, he'd have like a vision, almost like a holographic vision uh, that that he said it would like appear in front of his eyes. And uh, the the AC motor, you know, he, he was the inventor of the AC motor, and, and that's how he came to invent that. He had this vision one day, he was walking in a park with a friend, and uh, he suddenly just saw an AC motor in front of him with his mind, he could turn it in any direction. It was, you know, like I said, it was three-dimensional. He could take it apart. He could see every component part piece. And uh, he was just, he was so amazed by this that he actually had to stop. And, and with a stick, he drew it out really quick in the uh, in the dirt because he was afraid that he'd lose the vision and, you know, maybe lose uh, uh, what it was that he was seeing. Uh, but he did it, though, and, and he would later be able to go on and... Based on this vision that he had, he was able to build an AC motor that worked. You know, up until that time, I mean, you know, we take we take this kind of stuff granted for granted right. now. Oh, but yeah. in, te- yeah. in Tesla's days, you know, he had a uh, um, uh, a university professor tell him, you know, why why are you trying to invent an AC motor? That's like perpetual motion. It's just it's impossible. It can't be done. And of course, Tesla proved it wrong. <laughs> I mean, over the years, a lot of his work have uh, have proved a lot of people wrong. And uh, mm-hmm. let me tell you, it, you know, we're, we're seeing some of the fruits of the labor that he put in back then. And people, you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, like what?" Well, let me say, even small <laughs> things like, say, for example, uh, a lot of you out there listening, you know, you power your cell phone with no cords now, right? Right. Where do you think that technology came from? Do you think it was working on that 50 years ago, 60 years ago? 
Oh, yeah, longer than that. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, remote control. Uh, I mean, just anything dealing right now with electricity. You know, Tesla had had his hand. You know, fluorescent lights. Tesla uh, came up with fluorescent lights because um, uh, they were going to have uh, an expo at the World's Fair showing right. uh, uh, Tesla's uh, new uh, uh, AC current, but um, Edison, Edison's company refused to allow them to use Edison light bulbs. So mm-hmm. Tesla was like, well, okay, I'll just, I'll just create my own. And so he, uh, he created a, a fluorescent and, and neon lighting uh, to, to, to power uh, all of the displays at the uh, uh, World's Fair Expo, uh, got robotics, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, television, and of course radio. Uh, Tesla was okay. Tesla was the inventor of radio, but you know, I mean, you know, like a lot of these inventions, there were a lot of people who had their fingers, you know, right. in that pie. It's like television as well. I mean, you know, you really can't go and say that every anybody was a specific inventor of television. It's kind of like that with radio, but the uh, Tesla is really the guy who uh, made the technology feasible. And got the patent, original patents for radio, even though Marconi, using uh, devices based on te- Tesla's patents, uh, would later come in and uh, uh, the United States government actually stole the patent away from Tesla and w- awarded it to Marconi. Right. After, after, yeah. tes- after Tesla died, then it was given back to Tesla. But, you know, too late then, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's not gonna not gonna do him any good. You know. Yeah, at that point, who cares? Mm-hmm. But, but the, you know, the, it's funny because the legacy, at least, uh, you know, got tarnished, and, and history has kind of been rewritten uh, because of uh, the the con that happened after he died. Uh, but there's a, a timeline which I always find interesting, Tim. Uh, we, of course, uh, were involved in a very infamous war. Right before Tesla passed away, World War Two, mm-hmm. and shortly after, uh, you know, of course, uh, we had the passing. Now, Tesla died in uh, 1943. Yes. Correct. Okay. Right. right. Now, if we follow the timeline, we have the war ending. We have uh, the influx of scientists, uh, which, of course, you know, we've talked about it. We'll see about this. You know, Werner von Braun and all these Nazi Germans that came over and uh, took over the space program. And then we have, uh, you know, Nikola Tesla over here dying. And uh, guess who was one of, reportedly, one of the people that went in uh, with government approval and then looked over the documents? None other than John G. Trump, who, if that sounds familiar, is the uncle mm-hmm. of President Trump. And uh, he had his hands on documents, according to uh, many reports. And saw some of the uh, the possible uh, you know things that Tesla was working on, which included a flying saucer, which is very famously known now from us in ufology. Which uh, you know, there's a Tesla saucer. We have, of course, the Nazi Bell and the projects that were possibly going on with Nazi Germany, and then we have Roswell that happens in '47, all in the '40s, shortly after each other. Uh, I know that you're, uh, you know, one of those, uh, like myself, who believes in ufology and believes in UFOs are real. And we've had this discussion, but as far as uh, your opinion, do you see a connection there? And uh, do you believe that connection to be a legit one? 
I I do think now uh, some of the drawings that you have seen on the internet, supposedly mm-hmm. based, you know, on uh, like a, a Tesla flying saucer. Some of those are are spurious. Uh, they're 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 not real. Um, uh, there there I've seen a couple that. Uh, do seem to be real. They weren't mm-hmm. uh, drawn by Tesla, though. They were drawn by one of his assistants. Um, if Tesla had made a drawing of of one of these, it would have looked <laughs> it would have looked pretty crude. Because if you've ever seen any of Tesla's uh, uh, writing and drawings, there uh, his writing is almost Ill- in. <laughs> you can't read it. I mean, he he would write so fast, and most of the time it was his assistants that would write this stuff down uh, as as Tesla basically would just kind of like, you know, uh, talk to him as fast as he could while he was working on things. Um, Tesla did uh, make a discovery on what we would now call field propulsion, uh, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, in in slang term, that's anti-gravity. And I mean, as far back as probably the, uh, um, the, the late 19th century, uh, uh, Tesla started making discoveries on how, uh, things like electromagnetism and uh, and uh, a, a high voltage electricity could actually be used as a form of propulsion, and not just propulsion within our atmosphere. This was stuff that could actually also work um, in a, uh, a vacuum, uh, you know, like in, like in outer space. There are devices right. that that are out now that uh, called um, 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 ion drives. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen them. They, you can you you can get the plans and you can make them at home. They're made out of like balsa wood and tin foil, right. and uh, they basically produce what's called like an ion stream, and they'll float around. It's it's really amazing. You have to use like an awful lot of electricity to get them to work, uh, which you know if you don't know what you're doing, you can, you can really you know like zap the hell out of yourself. But Tesla took that a little bit further and was able to come up with ways that this would uh, uh, that this would work in a vacuum state. Later on, people such as T. Townsend Brown uh, would uh, would would take Tesla's ideas and go even further with them. However, even before T. Townsend Brown, there is the likelihood that um, Nazi Germany, Hitler, was uh, very fascinated. By Tesla, and in fact, um, had uh, at one point considered uh, having Tesla kidnapped uh, from uh, Manhattan and uh, uh, taken to uh, um, uh, Germany. But um, even in his later days, Tesla was watched very closely by the uh, the FBI. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think that uh, Tesla. You know, by the uh, uh, 30s and 40s, was pretty much uh, you know just in obscurity, uh, but he wasn't. Tesla was still uh, uh, experimenting. He was still in the public, and the FBI and the government were keeping very close eyes on him. In fact, uh, the last place that Tesla lived, the uh, uh, the New Yorker building, right? The New Yorker building. They actually had FBI agents uh, staying there in in rooms and like the floor below and the floor above him, just uh, just to constantly uh, keep an eye on him. So, uh, but uh, since Hitler was so interested in Tesla, 
the the East Coast spy ring, Nazi spy ring, did manage to get a hold of a lot of Tesla's uh, papers and documents that he had left behind at some of these other hotels that he stayed at but had to leave because he couldn't pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like... Well, which is crazy because, I mean, we we look back now, we have to thank him for so much of what we have, and this man died practically broke. He, uh, uh, when he died, he was getting a stipend uh, from, um, uh, let's see, what, what it, uh, it would have been the... It was GEA. I was trying yep. to try and trace back the the um, the the heirs that uh, had taken over GE at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, uh, somebody had petitioned them to say, "Hey, look, you wouldn't be around today if Tesla had not uh, did what he did. I mean, you would not be rich and living the life of luxury." And here, this guy that uh, was nice enough to give the patents back uh, to you. When you almost went bankrupt, and uh, now you're, you know, now you've just turned your back on him. So they gave him enough uh, uh, yearly money that he was able to stay at the New Yorker and and, and you know live live fairly comfortably. I mean, he he by no means was he as rich as he should have been, uh, but I mean, he he actually, you know, like I said, he was nice enough to um, give the patents back. Uh, to this company so they wouldn't go bankrupt because they, what was it? The initial contract was that he would get so much money per like kilowatt of electricity that was being generated, which would have made him, you know, like a multi-billionaire in today's monies oh, yeah. uh, at that time. But they couldn't afford, you know, the, the company couldn't afford to, to give that to him. And they said, look, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to go bankrupt, you know, so, you know, we can't pay you anyway. And he was just like, oh, well, screw it. You know, here's, you know, here's the patents back. You know, you were nice, you were nice enough to support me and believe in me when I came up with the AC motor and, and, and the whole, uh, uh, electrical grid system. You know, just go ahead and take it. You know, maybe down the road, if I need some, you know, help, have some experiments I want to do, you'll you'll help me again. Unfortunately, uh, when the time did come that uh, that he needed some help, you know, he they turned around, stabbed him in the back, and 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 sullied his name. Do you think it was him being nice or naive? Because I mean, to, to give uh, those patents away like that, and GE is a huge company. We're talking about a billion dollar corporation. Right. Well, I mean, at, you know, at, they they were a huge group, but they were uh, they were almost bankrupt. They yeah. uh, they they were going to go under, and you know, Tesla. Uh, you know, he for him, it really wasn't about the money, except that uh, he wanted he needed money for his experiments. That's really only thing that he was interested in you know i have enough maybe you know that he had a place to stay and could maintain a laboratory but he wasn't really that interested i mean he wasn't interested in you know becoming a millionaire and and you know lording it you know over everybody so i don't think he was being naive i think he was being practical and i think he was thinking that uh, all right i'll give you your your you know your patents back because again like i said you know th- these were the people that believed in me and supported 
me when I needed it, so now I'm going to return the favor, and then, you know, down the road, uh, when you're back on your feet again, you know, you'll, you'll help me again. Uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, corporate uh, politics or, or what have you doesn't work that way. You know, it's more <laughs> yeah. along the lines of, well, what have you done for me? Uh, what have you done for me lately? Correct. Mm-hmm. And, it's, uh, and then when you're getting older, like he was, and he was in good health, uh, he, he couldn't probably do much. But now, you know, we fast forward, and I say, I said earlier, last 50, 60 years, because the government, once they got their hands on all his work, uh, you know, a lot of what I think, you know, we're getting now technology-wise, obviously, is based on his uh, his work. I mean, in, in a percentage, how, how much do you think that we actually owe Tesla when it comes to what we have today? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's, it's really hard to say because... Um, you, just, just imagine that, you know, Tesla was the seed that was planted in the barren field mm. and, and then it's, it, it, it's grown to be a forest, you know, I mean, not just a forest, but say like it's grown to be the Amazon. That's right. how, that's, that really is, is how much that Tesla has, has directly contributed to all the stuff that we enjoy today, you know, cell phones. Uh, you know, you, yes. you you look at cell phone technology. I mean, that was something that Tesla was uh, uh, part of his idea for the uh, the the broadcasting tower that he he built in Long Island. Part of that was going to be his uh, um, um, uh, the wireless distribution of of energy. The other aspect would have been uh, radio. He even conceived that it would be able to broadcast uh, 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 like a, a form of television. Of course, you know, uh, nobody knew about television back then, but he 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 conceived that um, you know you could broadcast uh, uh, um, you know like video signals uh, just as easily as you could radio, and then. S- the idea was that this was going to be the first uh, tower erected and that there would be many more scattered across the the world and it would work just like our uh, current uh, uh, cell phone uh, uh, towers work you know what you'd get out of range of one and immediately you could pick up uh, uh, the next one down the road and so on and so forth and you have to remember this was something that Tesla uh, had conceived in the late 19th 20s. century yeah. and was building though in the early 1900s. So we wow. can trace, you know, our cell phone technology all the way back to the early 1900s, you know. Who, who would you say is more important as, uh, scientifically? Uh, because of course the, the sexy name, uh, is, is was Einstein. But if you have to compare it to yourself, uh, science-wise, who would you, uh, Say is the most important scientist we've had in the last century. Hmm. Well, um, I, I suppose it all depends how um, you know what you think of as uh, how uh, how they. Who's a sexy old they, man without wacky they, hair, Einstein? They contributed <laughs> to everything. Now, I mean, if you're looking at uh, modern day society and technology and, you know, our computers and cell phones and televisions and all that, then definitely yep. Tesla. Uh, 
You know, but when you look at, uh, say, like uh, uh, physics and a, a better understanding of of how our universe uh, works, with the exception of of quantum physics, which of course uh, Einstein uh, didn't like quantum physics. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, he said God doesn't play dice with the universe. Uh, so I mean, you know, it's it. it it's like apples and oranges, in my opinion. I mean, you know, uh, Tesla m- made his contributions to uh, the modern day world, and Einstein uh, made his. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Tesla uh, did not care for Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, Tesla felt that uh, Einstein had it wrong, and of course, you know, Einstein he had a lot of respect for Tesla, but uh, you know, he thought that uh, Tesla's ideas on how the universe worked were were somewhat uh, antiquated. And then, of course, then you know, you had the new kids on the block with uh, you know quantum theory, and they they looked at. Uh, uh, everything that Einstein Tesla was doing is like, oh yeah, well, you know, we've we've got something even better for you here. Uh, however, I think that if you go and look at uh, Tesla's ideas of how the universe worked, based on um, Einstein's and then quantum physics, I think it's kind of like. Um, uh, wh- what's the story of the like the the blind men uh, examining an elephant? You know they, they they're only seen uh, or not seen. That's a new one for me too, Tim. They're examining uh, different parts of the elephant and but coming up with their own ideas based on uh, their limited uh, perceptions. And I think it's it's that way. You know, when it comes to scientists like uh, Tesla and Einstein and, and, and quantum physics is that, you know, they're they're all focusing kind of like on the areas that they're they're interested in, so to speak, and uh, and and maybe not getting a, a, a good grasp of the whole picture. I mean, I, right. I don't think. I don't think any of us really have a good grasp of the whole picture. You know, we're just seeing small parts of it, and eventually, you know, it'll all come together, and uh, hopefully, someday, uh, we'll we'll have a complete understanding of of how our reality works. But you know, you look at these early pioneers that are that have brought us to the point we are now. And it's like, man, we, you know, we could use these guys back again with all of the amazing technology that we have now. Just think what, uh, what they would have been able to do. You know, Tesla, he was, he was a great scientist, a great inventor, but he was limited by technology of his day, mm-hmm. knowledge yep. of his day. Same way, same way with Einstein. Man, if they were here today, you know, these great minds just would, uh, I mean, would carry us into that, whatever that next great uh, 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 phase is ahead of us. Because, you know, Tesla brought us from the uh, um, the, the, the early industrial revolution, kind of like the, the steam 
uh, industrial revolution and then took us into the electrical industrial revolution. And so what's the next, what's the next big thing? And, uh, it, it could very well be that the next big thing is going to carry us forward based on some of these ideas that, uh, that Tesla was coming up with in his later days that everybody was looking at him like, oh yeah, you know, this guy's this, <laughs> that mad scientist Tesla. But, uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's just the, uh, the, the, the future is, um, man, it's, uh, to me, I mean, it's, it's, it's so exciting. I, I, I hope to live long enough to see <laughs> what that, you know, what that next big, uh, of, uh, of phase of development is, uh, with us. Hopefully mankind will still be around long enough to, to enjoy that as well. Yeah, unless we blow ourselves into smithereens, uh, and, uh, that's not going to be fun. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, like I said earlier, John G. Trump, but of course we have President Trump in the White House now, and uh, he recently has put forth uh, the Space Force. And uh, as I was saying earlier, if you follow the timeline, we of course of course had Roswell in 47 that happened. And, and Tim, I've been talking about this for a long time. I, I am a true believer that what happened in Roswell was a result of us experimenting with technologies that we inherited from Nazi Germany, from some of the propulsion that uh, the Tesla was working on. And, you know, when you start working on exotic things, especially aircrafts or anything that moves, you know, things are going to go wrong. Hey, things that move, they go wrong. Look at Skype tonight. Things happen. Things go wrong all the time. Things crash, you know, we had that happen right now, uh, what, about 30 minutes ago? Uh, so just imagine if you create some kind of exotic ship, and, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have a crash here or there. And uh, the more I think about it, the more that makes sense. And when we fast forward now, it, it's been, you know, roughly 50, 60, 70 years, and we've had scientists working on all this data they collected uh, through the years, and uh, I think we're we're getting to that point now. You know, of course, when we get to stage one, stage two, as a civilization where we blow ourselves up, that's the question. But I do find it funny that we're now going into the space force, and I think more than just putting weapons on the moon or something like that. I think there's more to it. I think this is all leading to possible contact. I know that you've, uh, you're a believer in ufology. I know Nikola Tesla has been, was rumored to have uh, possibly gotten some of his uh, data from aliens or UFOs or that he was, and you said earlier you used a, a word that he was kind of, uh, what was the exact word you used? You said that he was uh, almost more manifesting some of this stuff, I guess, is uh, the way you, you described it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was like, he he was a visionary and almost had a vision of, yeah, yeah. Of, of of this stuff. And, and could it have been maybe a manifestation of the information that he got from somewhere else? So do you think that that's possible at all? Because it's just kind of ironic, I think. The guy dies. We have Roswell. Fast forward, you know, you've had plenty of time to work the kinks out, which you're going to have to do. I mean, let's be honest. There's going to be kinks involved him uh, when you're working on this kind of exotic stuff. Uh, and uh, now you have the, uh, the you know, the grandson, nephew, uh, family member, 
in the White House. Yeah, he's a Twitter troll, we you know that, but he's in the White House. He's directly, to, you know, related to somebody who saw documents, and he creates a space force. Am I the only one here who kind of sees the connections and wants to make the dots connect? <laughs> well, um, uh, you know, John Trump, the the man that you're referring to, is uh, yeah. Donald Trump's uh, um, uncle. paternal paternal uncle. Right. Uh, he he uh, uh, he worked for MIT, and uh, and in fact, he was um, uh, uh, one of the uh, the the early developers of the uh, electrical generators that uh, were used to power the early um, um, nuclear program, you know, the uh, nuclear uh-huh. reactors and things like that. Smart now, uh, yeah. well, uh, see, uh, there was a little bit of, of, of kind of like friction uh, between uh, Mr. Trump and Tesla because in, I think it was 1936, uh, uh, Trump had built these giant Van de Graaff generators that he uh, was going to use to uh, to power uh, the these these early nuclear uh, generators, and of course, you know this was all in, in, in you know like a very very infant stage. I mean, they hadn't even perfected yet how to refine uh, uranium. I think they they may have even have been using you know like uh, heavy water uh, to try to do this. So I mean, and when I say giant. Van de Graaff generators, I mean, they would be about the, I think that someone said that they were about the size of a railroad car. Uh, so these guys were, these things were huge. Uh, Tesla came out and said, you don't need these giant Van de Graaff generators. One of my Tesla coils, about a two, one two foot uh, high Tesla coil, would generate more than enough power that you would need uh, instead of these giant Van de Graaff generators. And uh, once, you know, people started doing, you know, like uh, the bath, they're like, yeah, Tesla's right. You know, these these uh, giant Van de Graaff generators, you know, they're they're very inefficient based on uh, compared to a smaller uh, Tesla coil. So then years later, after Tesla passed away, the United States government had uh, uh, John Trump Go through uh, all of this material that that the, the government had seized from Tesla and had uh, taken to the uh, Manhattan warehouse. And uh, the, the thing about it is, is that Trump spent about a day and a half going through. I can't remember. It was, it was you know like eighty trunks, maybe a couple of hundred bundles of material. He spent a day and a half, and then wrote a letter saying, "Nothing to see here, folks. Most of it is just uh, uh, philosophical musings." You know, Trump or uh, Tesla has nothing to contribute, and uh, you know we're just we're just going to take this stuff and um, yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. And Roswell <laughs> was a weather balloon. Yeah. That's that's right, exactly. <laughs> you know, nothing to see here, folks. Just keep moving. You know, right, just, right. You know, you know and uh, and what's what's funny is that, um, and I'm not quite. I, I still haven't quite worked out why the United States let this happen, unless that um, uh, because it seems like that uh, more than likely. They went and made copies 
of all of this material that Tesla had and then mm-hmm. distributed it, say, like to Wright-Patterson and other locations. But right. then uh, they let a lot of this stuff go to uh, the Yugoslavian government mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to put into the Tesla uh, Museum. And uh, 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 some some recent um, uh, 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 expeditions, that's not the right word, research, <laughs> researchers who went to the museum were allowed to look at just a couple of, of Tesla's uh, papers that they had. And some of this stuff was uh, very sophisticated. And uh, it, it's a wonder that they allowed a communist country uh, like Yugoslavia at the time, you know, nothing more than a satellite country of, of the Soviet Union to, to get a hold of this stuff. And in fact, uh, for years, uh, Western uh, researchers and scientists were not allowed to look at any of this material that uh, the, uh, the the Tesla Museum had. I mean, even today, only uh, a small amount is is being allowed for uh, for people to look at. So obviously, there is some very sophisticated, you know, uh, top secret, uh, highly advanced technology that's in this material that is mm-hmm. still considered uh, extremely important. And it's to me, it's still a head scratcher on why the United States allowed this material to get out of their hands. Um, uh, unless they just, like, like I said, you know, they made copies of it for themselves, or they were just stupid. They, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. they, maybe because this this was probably ten years, I guess, after Tesla had passed away. Right. Uh, a lot of a lot of the material had had already been sent out and given to you know various uh, uh, top secret labor- laboratories and and you know other facilities and maybe at that point uh it had been for you know it had been forgotten and the people in control of it said yeah there's you know uh, you know they looked at say John Trump's letter and said yeah you know there's nothing here we'll just give it back you know to to, to Yugoslavia that's the only thing that I can think of, you know. It's just, you know, just sheer stupidity on somebody. That or they doctored this material. Possible. <laughs> yeah, possible. I mean, that, yeah. That, is, that is a possibility. I mean, yeah. uh, 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 because uh, I know that there was there was a program that uh, the, the the producers and the host, you know, went to the museum and they were was looking... Wasn't it Mythbusters, uh, the show? No, it wasn't Mythbusters. It was one of these, like, uh, um, I can't remember, it was like, you know, Tesla, Live or Dead, or, you know, something okay. like that. I think it was right. on like the the it was either the Travel Channel or the True Network or something like that. I think that. I know the show you're talking about. Yeah, uh, it, it was yeah. It was an interesting program, but they and you know they they built say like a giant Tesla coil to mm-hmm. to try to demonstrate Tesla's idea of a uh, um, 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 his death ray or death beam. Except right. they got it they got it completely wrong. They they built a giant Tesla coil, which, you know, puts out huge arcs of electricity, while right. Tesla's idea of the death beam was a particle beam weapon, uh, mm-hmm. which would use um, 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 powdered uh, um, tungsten that would be shot out on a uh, electron beam that, I mean, and this was something that could go several hundred miles uh, to, mm-hmm. to knock an aircraft yep. in the sky. It wasn't just a Tesla coil 
<laughs> giant Tesla coil with an antenna on it to, to you know to zap an aircraft that came within two feet of it. But I I I digress. <laughs> but it could be used, yeah, for, it could be used for who knows what number of things. You know, I still find it funny the Warrens in '45, you know, Tesla dies in '43. You know, it's like the span of two years. We have uh, '43, '45, then '47. We have uh, Roswell. Uh, but you know, I always find also funny, and maybe this is a correlation here, even back to ancient Egypt, with the coils uh, in the pyramids. I think. Do you think there's any connection? Maybe the Tesla was. Uh, kind of onto something, and, and maybe that's part of the research where he locked in something that maybe the Egyptians work, were working on. Because there's a, a whole mystery of what the exact uh, use for the pyramids were. And when you look at them, and you look at what Tesla was working on before he passed, uh, I have you know, there's certain dots that might be connectable there. What do you think? Well, I, I do think that uh, uh, some of the technology... That, that we have today probably uh, had been uh, developed, uh, you know, in, in the ancient past. I mean, I don't think that we are the only technologically based civilization that has existed on this planet. I think that there have been others in the past and, uh, you know, they've, they maybe have gotten as far as we, we have and, you know, something happened, whether a, a, a natural event, you know, a, uh, uh, you know, volcanic eruptions, you know, asteroid, or they blew themselves up. Uh, but, uh, you know, you give the Earth enough time, anything that, that we have, buildings, metal, even plastics, it's going to disappear. Right. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, we, we have found various kind of odd things at uh, uh, levels of a couple of million, uh, you know, that existed a couple of million years ago that seem to be uh, remnants of some kind of technology. But uh, as for most of it, you know, we're just left with, uh, you know, with hints. It's like you said, I mean, there are carvings, uh, hieroglyphic carvings in you know some of these uh, tombs that uh, that look suspiciously like people holding uh, like giant light bulbs or even uh, right. uh, at one point there's like a like a Tesla coil, you uh-huh. know. Of course, I mean you know this we could just be you know interpreting things based on uh, what uh, what we think that we you know that we're wanting to see so to speak, but. Um, I did want to say, though, I mean, you, you know, you, you're talking about Roswell and, and, and all that. I mean, I do think that uh, uh, Nazi Germany developed uh, at least a rudimentary form of, of, of flying disc uh, based on uh, Tesla technology that, that they got a hold of uh, through, their, through their spy network. That was later uh, uh, taken over and brought to the United States. Probably some of it ended up in the, the Soviet Union as well, uh, awesome, where, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. where the research and, and, and development uh, continued. If you look at... Uh, 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 magazines, newspapers, uh, uh, scientific papers 
from the uh, 40s throughout the 50s, there is a lot of talk about how anti-gravity is going to be the next big thing and and how uh, uh, you know Bell Laboratories and others are working very hard into take and I mean all this talk I mean they're saying that you know we're just uh, a year or so away from making that breakthrough and then sometime in say I think it's uh, like maybe around 1957 or so it's just like this wall is brought down and all of this talk all of this information is just gone. And and then it turns into uh, anti-gravity. It's not science fiction stuff. You know, right. nobody, it's, uh, it's impossible. Nobody can do anything. You know, what what happened, you know, to all of these laboratories who were, who were saying that, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're just uh, 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 a year away from making that big breakthrough. So I suspect that sometime in the late 1950s, maybe, you know, early 1960s, there was that big breakthrough, you know, before... You know, you had the you know, like the the, the, the rudimental type of of craft that mm-hmm. originated, say, like you know, with the experiments with Nazi Germany, uh, doing some experiments with that. You know, you had craft that uh, crashed at Roswell, maybe some other places. You know, oh no, these are these are uh, weather balloons, or if you know, if you're a nut, yeah, they're you know spaceships from another planet. Uh, then sometime in the 1960s, there was this big breakthrough where anti-gravity became a reality, but this is, you know, top secret, cosmic top secret. I mean, it's beyond, it's probably uh, more top secret than the, uh, um, uh, the atomic bomb was in the 1940s. Uh, but yeah. but the thing about it is is that the United States wasn't the only one who had this. They they may have been uh, you know, like the atomic bomb. They may have made that first big uh, jump, but then rapidly, you know, the Soviet Union, probably China, and some others, you know, uh, came afterwards. And 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 now, like you said, you know, you have Trump talking about the uh, 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 space command. Space Force. You know, and it's funny because Teddy Trump, uh, he was hosted in Texas with uh, the, the Prime Minister of India, uh, Mr. Modi. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, India is uh, famous for the uh, Vimanas, mm-hmm. the flying uh, ships uh, from the, uh, you know, long time ago, before we had technology that can even fly before the Wright brothers. They were the airships, the Vimanas. And uh, it's just kind of funny that we're reinforcing our friendship with India, who are so unknown and believe in uh, not only aliens and believe that we're you know not a, uh, a single race uh, that lives on this planet, but they have a rich history when it comes to UFOs and aliens. They just don't call them that because that, that's more of a modern technology name that we've given them over the last hundred years, aliens and UFOs. Uh, you know, all cultures have had different names for our space brothers. Oh yeah, well, and uh, you know, I mean, the uh, uh, the Indian military 
they they still like to joke and say that oh uh, yeah I mean you know you got the Wright brothers but uh, mm-hmm. I mean we we had aircraft uh, <laughs> you know back yeah. before the time before the time of of, of Christ and all, and all that so I mean, <laughs> you you all just uh, you're just newcomers to the party it's funny how a lot of that technology gets lost to you you're absolutely right with him I mean it's mm-hmm. incredible well some of uh, it, if you look at uh, some of these um, uh, 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 books or, or epics from India, you know, like the Bhavata Gita, uh, you know, they talk about uh, like a like a great war that uh, that took place on Earth between the gods and you know uh, mankind. Basically, I mean, we were just right. can- we were just cannon fodder. And uh, one of the things that they talked about is that you know they had uh, what they call it like the burning. Sp- a spear that uh, uh, was was sent out, and it basically it could it could burn mountains to the ground, and that anything underneath this burning spear would just melt, uh, melt away. You know, it sounds suspiciously like a uh, uh, a nuclear weapon. Uh, right. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And, and again, this goes back to what I had said earlier. You know, I don't believe that uh, you know we're, we're uh, that we're the first technologically based civilization on this planet. There's been there's been others, uh, and, uh, and and we're just kind of like uh, catching up to what some of these uh, earlier uh, uh, civilizations had been able to do. One of the curious things is that allegedly. At least the the early versions of this uh, uh, field propulsion anti gravity uh, technology that that we have developed, part of the propulsion system is based is mercury based. You know the mm-hmm. the, the liquid metal mercury, Correct. and oddly enough, uh, the uh, the the ancient writings about the Bahamas uh, state the same thing. That mm-hmm. these things are powered by mercury somehow, and uh, I just I always found that uh, uh, rather rather interesting. And and of course you know you had the um, the stories of uh, the the Glatten, uh from Germany that uh, it it allegedly used uh, 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 electrified uh, rotating uh, mercury to right. to help to help. Uh, power it and build it up you know like uh, using a uh, an internal tesla coil again you know you got this you know, tesla connection here uh so but uh you know it's like you said i mean here we are now in the uh the the 21st century uh what um how has this technology developed in all of this time because you know that it hasn't just uh, uh, been stagnant that people have just been you know sitting around it's like yeah you know we've got the this extraterrestrial technology not extraterrestrial uh, uh you know we have this uh, 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 uh gravity technology but we're going to pour all of our money into these jets using uh uh you know uh, gasoline or, or whatever they use the power of the jets uh, uh, right. jet fuel Jet fuel, uh, you know, something that uh, that we've been using for you know for years and years, and is, is you know it works well, but not as good as the uh, the anti gravity. But that's why you got to keep on fracking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, that's one of the things that that uh, uh, you know, critics, skeptics of this whole idea that we have developed some kind of uh, a secret technology that is far superior to say rockets or, or, or jet engines is like, yeah. you know, well, if we have all this great stuff, why aren't we seeing it? Why, you know, uh, why didn't we use it to? Uh, 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 take over Iraq or, or keep, uh, you know, now keep, uh, you know, Iran in, uh, uh, in, in place. And, you know, they've, they've got a point, I have to admit, you know, but, yeah. uh, but, but possibly it's like, well, I mean, you know, if you do have, um, if you, I mean, do that can be national that, security more than anything else. Uh, yeah. for, I mean, some of this stuff is, might be so exotic that it's just, uh, something that might shock the world, uh, to a point that, you know, once you let that cat out of the bag, Tim, you know, people are gonna start asking, well, what else do you have? Yeah, well, exactly. And, and it's like I was gonna say, you know, it's, uh, I suppose it's, it's like, uh, you know, bringing a gun to a knife fight. Right. <laughs> That's a perfect <laughs> yeah. analogy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I I think that there probably have been some examples uh, in in modern times where mm-hmm. this technology has been used, uh, but it, it could very well be that it's you know it's 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 being saved for you know extreme circumstances because like you said you know you don't want to let the cat out of the bag you don't want to let other countries who may not uh, be. As level-headed, <laughs> <laughs> that's a polite lesson. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 because you know, you know very well that you know there, there, there are uh, despots out there that you know they, if they could get a hold of, of even half of this kind of exotic technology, uh, they would abuse the uh, the privilege. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I tell a lot of my friends who are like, well, why don't we need a space force? Folks, uh, you know, forget about the aliens. I'm worried about the humans and uh, in some of the countries that we have on this planet right now. I think somewhere in and not so far in deep in space, uh, they're probably watching us and they're like probably saying, these humans, look at these uh, fools. They, they keep fighting with each other over stupid things. And it, it's incredible. We, you know, when I say national security, uh, I'm talking about not only this country, but there's, you know, our, our allies and whatnot. But, it, you know, this is a, a crazy time that we live in where if you're looking from the outside in, it's no wonder why we're, you know, being sort of quarantined on this planet if that is what's indeed happening. Uh, but I think, and I, and I am a true believer that a lot of the technology that we're seeing in, in the form of UFOs and uh you know, what people are seeing as sightings. I think that is our own uh, aircraft. I don't think all of it is aliens. Uh, not because they're not out there. I think they are out there, and I do think we're kind of being, you know, watched uh, from afar. Uh, but, you know, I just I have a feeling that uh, eventually they're going to come knocking and say, all right, guys, pipe down a little bit, because look at the way you're treating your planet. Imagine us in deep space. And that's where the deep force comes in, or space force. Uh, comes in. Is that uh, at all plausible? 
Oh, well, yes. I mean, uh, I, I do think that the UFO phenomena is, is real. I mean, you know, I have been saying that for uh, a long, long time. But again, you know, when, when you say uh, UFO, you're not just talking exclusively uh, extraterrestrial spacecraft, which Correct. most people still think you talk about UFOs, you, you know, people automatically think about, you know, either little green men or you know, <laughs> little, little gray guys with, yeah. with, the, with the big eyes. And, um, I think that there is probably a number of different aspects to the UFO phenomena. I think that, uh, some of it is this, uh, uh high technology, uh, top secret, um, uh, exotic aircraft that uh, that we have been developing, you know, all of these years, and I would dare say that we probably um, already have a space force uh, out there, uh, probably a fairly sophisticated space force, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and, and you know, Trump has has made this uh, suggestion. Let's you know, let's put money into this, uh, but there's probably a part of the Pentagon that's like, uh, okay. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, Mr. President. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll do that. But I mean, it's already it's already out there. <laughs> uh, or, or uh, maybe they're like, uh, okay, Mr. President, you're the president's going to start soft disclosure, and this is where we're going to do this. And he's just following the narrative. Maybe that's why he was uh, chosen to be president. Because you know, I don't think that he was, and any president is elected. Uh, I think they're selected, and I think President Trump uh, was maybe put there to possibly be the disclosure president, because if it backfires, you know, people be like, ah, it's just crazy Trump, but if it goes well, and people accept it, then it becomes, you know, an open uh, discussion that we could have, and I think they can start that kind of feeding us slowly. This, this disclosure. I don't think we're going to have government out Tim that ever says this is exactly everything we know. <laughs> no, 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 no but, definitely not. Yeah. Well, uh, and and one of the reasons for that is that uh, the other aspect of the UFO phenomena that is is unknown. And that scares the hell Correct. out yeah. of the military, yeah. uh, you know, because all these years, uh, and you know, we've seen this now with the release of, of these uh, Navy videos that uh, somehow got released, even though they didn't want them to, uh, yeah. supposedly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. so, I mean, we're, we're in this situation now where... Um, uh, I don't think that the government uh, or the military uh, knows what the UFO, what that aspect of the UFO phenomena is, and they have been keeping it secret all this time for just that reason, not because they know that they have alien bodies in Area 51 or or whatever, uh, because they don't. And they know that these things are flying around in our skies and we can't do anything about it. And that scares the hell out of them. And they know for a fact that if they came forward and said, you know, there are these things flying around in their skies. Sometimes they, you know, shoot airplanes or kidnap people or mutilate our cattle. We don't know what they are. We can't do anything about it. So just go on with your daily lives. <laughs> now, how much, how much of this belief, uh, jives with your new co-host? Uh, well, now your co-host for a, for a while now. Uh, of course, uh, from uh, the show you're doing, Exploring the Bazaar. And uh, with one, Mr. Tim Beckley, 
And uh, you've been doing the show with him for for a while now, and he's, of course, a UFO and paranormal investigator himself. How much of this uh, belief kind of jives with his belief? Oh, well, uh, uh, Tim Beckley is, um, you know, he's he's a great guy when it comes to, to this kind of stuff because – uh, he he's kind of, he's kind of like me though i mean you know he's he, he's like uh, uh he's not going to go and and put all of his eggs in in any one basket uh when it comes to say like uh, uh ufo's or uh, all ufo's are extraterrestrial or all ufo's are weather balloons or all ufo's are uh, uh um, man made exotic uh, technology you know he he's the type of guy where uh he likes to kind of speculate all over the place and uh, and boy i tell you you know you look at the, <laughs> the the evidence and stuff that's come in over the years i yeah. mean it's just you know it's uh no wonder people have a hard time trying to pin this stuff down because just as soon as you think that you you may have uh, uh some kind of good evidence pointing to one specific uh origin or or, or what have you then it suddenly takes a a 90 degree turn and goes off in a completely different direction Correct. and and that's that's the weird thing about uh the UFO phenomena is that it it, it just refuses <laughs> to 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 be categorized and and and, and, and and that's uh, it, and it's no wonder that you know you have a lot of people who think that uh, well there is a paranormal aspect to this as well you know maybe we're not dealing exclusively you know with uh, uh, with extraterrestrials but maybe you know interdimensional or or, or what have you I mean you know, we don't really have the language uh, probably to to come up with an apt description of what we're dealing with. That's an excellent uh, avenue to uh, discuss because I, I do believe that there is a connection there. I mean, whether you call them aliens, demons, ghosts, uh, leprechauns, whatever you want to call them in the past, uh, it always deals with outside visitors uh, coming in and disturbing somebody when they're either sleeping or not looking or they always look weird and usually they're small with big eyes. And uh, it's always something, uh, even fairies are small, you know, people who mm -hmm. believe in fairies. Uh, the, it's always, uh, you know, these short beings who interrupt us at one point or another. And over, you know, centuries, you're going to have different names and different interpretations. And it all could be just one same thing. Uh, it could be space aliens from this same dimension and somewhere in space and time. Uh, not too far away, maybe like years away, or it could be interdimensional. I mean, we don't really know that much about what's out there. We know a fraction of a percentage of what's in space. We don't even know what's in, you know, deep, deep in the ocean on this very planet. There's parts we're exploring and finding life all over the place. Uh, so who knows what's really happening? Well, yeah, that's that's it exactly. I mean, we, you, we look at this stuff. And, for example, you have the uh, the SETI scientists who are uh, searching the universe for intelligent uh, radio signals. And so far, they haven't found anything, which is, has led some scientists to say, well, you know, we live in this great big huge universe, and I guess we're the only ones uh, here. Uh, but uh, I just, I, I don't think that our current... 
materialistic, I suppose would be, or our, 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 our physical view of the, the nature of the universe is, uh, descriptive enough. I, I, I think again, going back to that, you know, to the story of the blind man, uh, uh looking at, or <laughs> I'd said it again, examining the, uh, the, the elephant, we're looking at just the, the the parts of the universe that uh, uh, that we can see from uh, uh, from the light, you know how how our eyes can absorb only certain frequencies of the universe. There there's probably so much more of it out there, and and in here because we are intertwined with the universe in such a way that 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 you know we're just a, as much of a part in it and looking out we might as well be looking in aiming our telescopes these these radio telescopes within ourselves looking for radio signals coming from within us i think you would get uh, you know I, I think there's not much of a difference. I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but uh, you know, you you look at the uh, the smallest aspects of reality, and it, right. it, it doesn't look that much different than when you look out into the the stars and galaxies. In fact, somebody somebody pointed out not too long ago uh, there was this map that had been de- developed that showed. The all of the uh, the galaxies that that at least we know where they are, and how they're strung across the universe, almost like a cobweb. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you've seen uh, those yep. uh, the, the, these pictures. It's almost and, like a spider web of galaxies when you put them together. Yeah. Well, somebody compared this picture to our brain cells and how mm. they're connected, and they yeah. look. Yep. Very, very similar. So I, I think that we, we really do. We have an incomplete uh, uh, picture of our universe and how our reality works. And this is also includes the the nature of these visitors, these other intelligence that seem to share our reality with us, that pop in and out of of our reality. Uh, you know, at one time, you know, we may have called them angels, demons, fairies, what what have you. Now, since we have a more kind of, you know, scientific, technological bend uh, uh, to our civilization, uh, you know, we're thinking, oh, well, maybe these are visitors uh, from other planets. Right. That that could very well be correct. The Our other earlier belief systems could have been just as correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. When you well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it, it all could, like I said, be the same exact thing. It's just how we're labeling it, labeling it because yes. at the at, at the end of the day, is you know what we understand with current society and what we want to label something. Uh, you know, I've gotten to a philosophical and religious, uh, you know, I guess conversation, uh, shouting match. Uh, back and forth, it will be able to describe it with uh, some religious folks. And I didn't, at the end of the day, I ask him one legit question, and it always stumps him, uh, Tim. Uh, and it's, uh, what is God really? And I'm talking about across the board. doesn't matter who your God is, what religion you believe in. What is God? <laughs> well, he's a being, okay. Man, woman, you know, whatever. 
want to believe that it is, uh, but what he, it, whatever is for a fact is something that doesn't live on this planet physically with us, so by the mere definition of what we have in society today, God's an extraterrestrial. Mm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that usually stumped him, it got me thrown out of two churches, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, of, cor- of course not, uh, because, you know, when you deal with these these centuries-old dogmas, which are based on belief systems that were developed in a, you know, uh, really, I mean, a, a, a nomadic society that lived in a desert, you know, three, five thousand years ago, you know, wandering around behind their uh, their sheep and, and camels. Yeah. And uh, we really, we, we still have that belief system in our, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our major uh, religious beliefs. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have a difficult time um, trying to expand people's minds to uh, an even broader view of, of reality in our universe than, you know, this, this small area of sand dunes and sheep. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's a great way of putting it. And I think Einstein was kind of the same path because, I mean, his work, when you look at it, he even described it once as uh, he was trying to read the mind of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's something he put out there, and he's a scientist. You would expect him to say, no, 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 I'm just trying to follow math and uh, do my research on theories. But, no, he literally described it as, I want to read the mind of God. And uh, it, to those who are thinking on a, you know, on a grander scale in the way you just described it, uh, described it earlier, you know, the universe does kind of look like the workings of the mind. So just imagine if we're all kind of just uh, manufacturing our reality via the mind of God. And it's all just a, one big video game, but one <laughs> chosen one, mm. playing like Neo in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of which, you have a fantastic, uh, you know, uh, voice for radio and face for TV. We've seen you on TV. Uh, but to the audience, where they can find you on podcasts, I know you do your show on Thursday nights uh, still, right? Yes, Thursday nights at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's called uh, Exploring the Bazaar. Is that what it's called? Exploring the Bazaar? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. called Exploring the Bazaar. Uh, my uh, uh, co-host is uh, uh, Timothy Green Beckley. That's the perfect uh, name for the show when you have Tim Beckley on. He's exploring the bazaar because he's yeah. a lovely bazaar man. I, I love Tim Beckley, by the way. <laughs> you know, me and him go way back to babies and pacifiers. I'll leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, well, yeah, and it's uh, uh, the, the the show is heard on the uh, KCOR digital radio network. We have a, we have a great producer, and uh, you know we just we really have a have a great time with this show. And uh, you know, not only do we talk about uh, UFOs, but uh, you know we, we bring in just 
just about uh, anything and everything that 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 we're interested in. I mean, we talk about ghosts and hauntings, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, archaeological mysteries, you know, like giants and uh, little people and uh, uh, psychic phenomena. It's just uh, you know, if we're if we're interested in something, we we go and try and find a guest that uh, <laughs> you know will will match our match our interest. And and you know, so far. Uh, I don't think that we have managed to, uh, uh, to, to, to piss any of our guests off, uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause you know, there, there are some of these shows, I mean, uh, you, you know, the ones I'm talking about, you know, it seems like that they take, they like to take an adversarial, uh, 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 path with their shows and their guests and do, do everything yes. that they can just to honk them off. And uh, we try not to do that. We're not, uh, you know, we're not trying to create controversy. We want to learn, and we want to hear from other people, and to 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 learn what they have to say. We may not necessarily agree with uh, uh, what they're saying, but I'm sure they may not necessarily agree with the things that we have to say as well. That doesn't matter. Uh, you know, we're out there to uh, 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 to 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 bring these different ideas out and to to let our listeners uh, learn for themselves and to to make their own decisions uh, about uh, uh, what they think is going on or or you know whether the guest is is full of crap or if we're full of crap <laughs> right <laughs> no at the end of the day i mean we really don't know and i've been doing this for a decade now uh, tim and you know you've been around and we've had many discussions on air off air and uh, we've talked about the subject, uh, UFOs, and and uh, it, it really is one of those things where that's the best way to uh, to do this kind of show is you know not I think be combative and let the audience kind of like you know fill in the gap and kind of make their own mind on what they're listening to, uh, but at the same time it, the waters are so uh, so muddied right now mm-hmm. with hoaxers. Uh, with people that are just trying to um, to make money off of uh, of this uh, field, and uh, that's the saddest part of this entire thing. And it's it's funny because now uh, some people are saying, for example, that uh, the alien autopsy from the '90s was actually a real video, <laughs> when we were being told it was not a real video for a long time. And then, of course, before that, it was a real video. So we deal with stuff like that also, where what's real, what's not real. You know, you have now anybody in their basement can create a perfectly working UFO video within minutes with the right software. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't even trust uh, YouTube. You can't trust anything because anything is hoaxable by a 15-year-old in their mother's basement. <laughs> and, and that's the saddest part of what we are with, with uh, today uh, when, it, when it comes to UFOs. But I think you're, you know, you're, you're right. It, it, it is something that, uh, it, there's a spectrum across the board and I'm 100% on board with this where I think it's all interconnected and intertwined. And, uh, the more shows like yours, like ours, uh, they kind of like open the field to a little bit of everything. I think the better it is because when you're locked in only to aliens and UFOs, you kind of miss the boat on what might be the other dots. And that's one of the things that I love about having more of an open, uh, you know, broader mind or an open mind and uh, seeing uh, the paranormal aspects and stuff. And uh, how much of, like, ghost activity, for example, do you think over the years has been mistaken uh, maybe alien activity 
that I have uh, been mistooken for ghosts? Oh, well, you know, and that's that's kind of the odd thing um, about the UFO phenomena is that there there is this uh, this aspect of of like a ghostly phenomena that a lot of right. times uh, goes goes hand in hand with it, uh, which I mean it that it, that still kind of stumps me for some reason because you know if if you are dealing say strictly with a uh, uh, a, a nuts and bolt uh, uh, technology visitors from another planet. All right. Well, why then, after uh, somebody uh, sees one of these spaceships, I'll put parentheses, you know, around the uh, the word spaceships or you know, commas. Uh, why then, uh, a week or so later, their house suddenly is infected with, uh, say, like poltergeist phenomena, or they they orbs. Orbs, yeah, yeah, yeah orbs, yeah. or I mean, you know, people will see like uh, apparitions of, uh, right. and and yeah. not like alien-looking apparitions, but you know, people dressed in uh, a period costume, you know, Victorian or, or you know, uh, early nineteenth century or something like that, floating through their house. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's 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 almost like. Uh, somebody will have a, a UFO experience and somehow it opens their mind to other phenomena. And when I say open their mind, I mean that it's almost like an infection, uh, 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 like a cross-contamination that you, you see one kind of phenomena and then all of a sudden the floodgates are open and other things start to happen. I mean, you, I'm sure you're aware that there are people who have had a, a close encounter experiences mm-hmm. that will then suddenly uh, become interested and, and knowledgeable, say, like in advanced uh, mathematics or right. cosmology, things, uh, things like that. Uh, they'll abandon. They'll go as far as abandoning their family and uh, go off into uh, 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 scientific research. Or on the other extreme, they'll abandon their families and they'll start like cults and and become like cult-like uh, 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 spiritual leaders. I mean, it's you know, it's not necessarily saying that uh, that that this kind of, of of mind opening can be beneficial at all times. I suppose uh, a lot of it is based on your personality beforehand. That I mean, you know, uh, once once those floodgates are opening, uh, do you become the next Einstein or do you become the next uh, uh, Jim Jones handing out Kool Aid? Right. <laughs> it's actually, you know, it's been there's a lot of people who've had near death experiences who, uh, when they come back uh, from their vision of the other side, uh, quote unquote, uh, they develop. Kind of uh, you know uh, patterns. Uh, the you know my, you know the way they see the world is different. Uh, they develop uh, you know uh, forms of uh, of uh, coming up with results to uh, problems on the spot. They become almost autistic uh, in a sense, uh, you know, in a bizarre way. And, so, and I've seen a few cases where uh, 
people who were in completely one direction, some of them might be uh, delinquents when they were younger, completely become nerdy and start becoming like almost scientific because of the and in the because of the near death experience. And I wonder how much that plays into it also because you know if you think about it, if you have a near death experience, that might be you know your inner energy, your soul, whatever that might be connecting to another side in fact uh, i would even say that maybe aliens let's just say that uh and let's hypothetically uh expand on this for a second let's say there are our visitors from another world within our reality within our dimension coming in from like 10 light years away okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're using some kind of uh, exotic advanced propulsion which bends space and time and you literally would have to open a wormhole from like five point three light years away to come to Earth to visit. For whatever reason, maybe they just want to go on vacation. Maybe they're here to study us. Maybe they're here uh, for other nefarious reasons. I don't know. But maybe to open that portal, they disrupt whatever space and time is, and that's why we're having these other visions. And it's, and it's accidentally interconnected. And the more they kind of travel here from our own dimension, but since they're like literally bending space and time, they're opening veils and, and opening portals that shouldn't be messed with. And like Art called it back in the day, the veil's dropping, and that could be a reason why. And why people are all of a sudden, over the years, having physical and not physical encounters with beings. And it's all like coincidental, but all connected at the same time. The... Um the UFO researcher, Dr. Leo Sprinkle, mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he was one of the, the, the early proponents of using uh, hypnotism on mm -hmm. abduction uh, uh, victims. Now, Dr. Sprinkle is a, a, a trained, uh, trained hypnotist, hypnotherapist, so, I mean, this isn't just some guy who, you know, got a... Uh, uh, got a medallion and started uh, trying to hypnotize uh, witnesses and, and leading them by asking, you know, what planet did the did the aliens come from? You know, this, <laughs> this 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 was a guy who you know knew was trained and knew what he was doing, yep. but uh, I guess that uh, several more than several people that that he talked to over the years uh, reported uh, experiences where they said. That whatever these beings were that that abducted them, told them that the way that they travel through through time and space from wherever they come from to here, that they actually go through the regions that we would call the afterlife, you know, the astral mm. planes or what right. have you. And that uh, some of these uh, 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 some of these people, when they were on board, you know, whatever these crafts are, claimed that while they were traveling through these regions, that they actually saw people, loved ones that had passed away, that appeared to them and 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 talked to them briefly as as they as they traveled. So um, you know, it's it's. Again, we're kind of back to what I had said before, where I think that um, this idea 
that you know we live in a purely physical universe where spaceships are you know uh, uh, using warp drives to go through you know uh, time and space to get here is probably a very insufficient way of describing right. it. you know yeah. that 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 you know this the the universe is is full of life but probably not the way that we are imagining it or, or, or conceiving it, that there is just all kinds of possibilities that we're, we're as knowledgeable now about the universe as, say, uh, uh, Galileo was uh, back in his day when he first uh, uh, took his telescope and, and looked at the moon and, right. uh, you know, imagined that um, the moon and the sun and the, the nearby planets was it, that that was the universe. So I, I, I would say that we're kind of in the same position when we're looking out across uh, our galaxy and the other galaxies, imagining that this universe that we're seeing is all that there is. And, you know, uh, a thousand years from now, you know, we'll look back at this time and we'll be just like, oh, my gosh, can you believe that that's what they thought was going on? <laughs> oh, I could, uh, you know, I wish I would have been born in the future. <laughs> that's all I got to say. It, uh, you know, 500 years, a thousand years from now, Tim, is going to be a beautiful uh, thing if we can make it to then. Uh, just to look back and, uh, you know, whatever humans look like then, uh, it's going to have an amazing journey back. And hopefully there's records, uh, you know, kept this time because uh, four billion years and we have nothing to look back on right now. Kind of sucks. So hopefully generations in the future can look back and say, you know, they had TV players? You know, they had <laughs> ancient things like TV screens and these weird creatures from the past. But they're an interesting bunch. And you're an inter interesting man, let me tell you, Mr. Rosswoods. And I'd love to have you back on here tonight with us. And hopefully we can make this uh, more of a common thing because we, you know, as you know, everybody sees... Time flies by when you're having fun, and when you're on the show, it's always, uh, you know, a fun time. And uh, once again, uh, Exploring the Bazaar with Tim Beckley, uh, Thursday night. Uh, give uh, the website again so everybody who's listening in can go there and check out the show and times. And if there's any other websites you want to give out, by all means, uh, take this time to give uh, that out to the audience listening in. Sure. Well, it's uh, Exploring the the Bazaar, Thursday nights at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. That's kcorradio.com. Uh, it's, uh, you can also listen to it on, uh, uh, all the, uh, uh you know, like, uh, was it Stitcher and, and the others. And I guess that now you can even, uh, tell your Amazon Alexa to, uh, play KCOR Radio and it'll, uh, yep. It'll bring it'll bring the network up. So, uh, and uh, you know, all of my books you can uh, find them on uh, Amazon.com. Just uh, type uh, Tim R. Schwartz and they'll pop up. And, uh, and and our website is conspiracyjournal.com. If you've been listening to uh, PSN all these years, you should know mm -hmm. that by now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. You know, it's when I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, yeah, we're going to have Tim uh, Schwartz on the, on the show this week. And they were like, that sounds familiar. Wasn't he on PSN? And I'm like, yeah. 
And they're like, oh, I see him on, on TV all the time. And I'm like, I know. He's, he's famous. He's, he's like, a, like a, what do you call him? A celebrity. He's, he's on TV. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Are you going to be on TV anytime soon also? Or like you want to plug uh, anything you're going to be on? No, I haven't. Uh, uh, they, nobody's shown much interest in, in, in having having me on recently. I mean, you know, when you live in uh, southern Indiana, it's tough. Uh, Yes. Yeah, it is because you know a, a lot of these a lot of these shows that are on now. I mean, they don't you know, they uh-huh. have to you know like uh, fly me out to, and some of them have you know fly me out to Los Angeles or Las Vegas or whatever. You know, every once in a while, you know, if they're going if they're coming to say like a nearby city like Chicago or something like that, you know, they may ask me to you know drive up and uh, and, and you know they, they would pay for that. But you know, most of the time. You know, here in the excluded middle, you know, they're just like, you know, nah, unless you live in New York or Los Angeles, we're not interested in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot of folks know you from the ancient alien stuff that you, you appeared on. But that show's kind of, it's weird because I, I know that from, you know, just talking to the folks who've been on there, they, they bring you out, they ask you a bunch of questions, and then they put them individually in different shows that they have over, like, the next course of the year. And then you're like, what is it? Why am I wearing the same thing on, like, Different shows, man. I tell you, they think I don't bathe. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's 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 how they do it. They just, uh, you know, they they bring you in, and I mean, uh, they bring a bunch of people on. I mean, they they will shoot, say, like over a couple week period in one location, and uh, just spend like a couple hours talking to you about various subjects, yep. and, and, it, and then it gets you know spread out. Over a number of uh, of different episodes. I mean, I still have people that you know they'll email me. Oh, I saw you, you know, tonight on such and such. And I'm like, really? You know, they, <laughs> they never they never tell us. You know, once they're done with you, that's it. You'd never hear from them again until they need you the next time. <laughs> you never get a schedule or anything. You know, so uh, they you know they probably like, oh well, you know, we'll give you the. Uh, the the DVD set once it comes out is like no <laughs> that <happened. laughs> that's okay you know, that's... I mean they're like one on like season like fifty five and they've only been on for like ten years I don't know how that had the time but... something something like that <laughs> I mean you know it kind of kind of gets to the point now where it it almost becomes you know silly it's just like you know everything's being attributed to ancient aliens yeah, so, yeah. you know like, the, oh the, the first nail clipper was invented by aliens in uh, 1801 little brain then came down they say well, you humans need clippers for your nails and that's how nail clippers were invented uh, yeah yeah you have you have dandelions in your lawn you know <laughs> <laughs> These researchers feel that it could have been caused by ancient aliens. You know? <laughs> ancient alien theorists say yeah. it definitely happened that way. <laughs> the, it's funny, but you know, society has kind of like gone in that direction where I've talked to uh, contactees, you know, folks within the, the field, Tim, and uh, everybody jumps to the to the, uh, to the answer. It's aliens. 
tattoo with those aliens. Uh, I was at a uh, convention a few years ago, a MUFON convention, and I heard some of the stories, and I was like, well, that could be uh, a big... No, 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 it's aliens. No, it's not big, it's aliens. Well, okay, that could be paranormal, ghostly. No, 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 aliens. Had to be aliens. But you're describing what, you know, just 10 years ago would have been a typical ghost. No! Aliens! <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're that far, and, and people see orbs, and I'm like, well, maybe we're just high. No! Aliens. aliens, yeah. <laughs> okay, George, you're you know, aliens it is. Uh, Tim, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for uh, spending your time here with us. And, uh, uh, again, hopefully we can have you on very, very soon. Guys, check him out on Thursday nights. Uh, he's fantastic. He, uh, he's somebody we love here on PSN Radio and, of course, on Inside the Jackal's Head. And uh, be a, a, a kind of friend and be back with us soon. Don't be a stranger. Good night, sir. You're the best. Hey, thanks okay. for having me on, Jack. I had a great time. Appreciate it. Had a lot of fun with uh, Mr. Tim Schwartz tonight. Love the gentleman. Did uh, love talking about Tesla UFOs, and uh, we're going to have him on uh, as soon as possible. We are booked up for the next month, guys. Uh, October is going to be a lot of fun. September, October, November. Not so much fun in November. This is what I wanted to get to uh, because uh, I am uh, running out of time. We're going to be on till one tonight, and it's almost one. We're about four minutes before one, and uh, I wanted to just address uh, a little health issue that I have, which is getting taken care of in November. Uh, but I'm having spine fusion surgery, folks, so uh, I have a lot of guests lined up in October because. Uh, I don't know what November is going to bring, to be honest with you. Uh, but right now we're all booked up through October, November. Uh, it's probably going to be maybe a few reruns as I rehab. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in the first or maybe end of uh, the the month. But I I have to go under the knife. And uh, it all stems from a car accident I had earlier this year. And... You're going to be hearing more about that as the uh, show progresses. Uh, this is this is uh, recent uh, information from my surgeon. He said that I definitely need surgery. If not, uh, I will be doing this show with a wheelchair on uh, as my seat, instead of this very comfortable chair I'm in right now. Uh, as my seat will be a rolling wheelchair, and I don't want to be there when I'm 50. So... Uh, spine surgery is uh, something I have to look forward to in the next uh, couple months. So bear with me, every uh, everyone. It's going to be uh, a weird uh, experience, uh, for sure, but uh, one that I must uh, go through. But uh, like I read earlier, we're going to have a fantastic uh, October. It's, it's full of great guests. And I want to thank everybody who listened in tonight and uh, checked on the show. By the way, I do want to get more political as time goes on. Check out angelespino.com one more time. angelespino.com for all my posts on there. Uh, I got entertainment stuff, uh, political stuff, uh, ufological, paranormal, whatever you you think of. Uh, It's my personal website. Check out all the links and uh, be back here next week, 10 p.m. Eastern, psn Radio.com. Here we go. Mm-hmm.